Um, and there's a number of ways we can go through it, but I guess maybe first thing would be maybe discussing like some of the places you guys find inspiration. I'll, I'll say like, you know, Instagram has become one of those places, but unfortunately, I was just writing like a little, I was writing like an essay today about this topic kind of and how there used to be like these amazing blogs and websites like Tumblr back pages that we would go to like religiously, you know, or at least I would like pull images into folders and I feel like a lot of those places kind of got sucked up by like social media and maybe even tried to have Instagrams of their own, but then like the experience just isn't the same, you know, and so I know some of those like bloggers, you know, we would call them like I was coming into them from for references or imagery and then like I realized years later they were like design firms, you know, and that's like where they would deposit like some of their inspiration and so like that was a it was really interesting that like back then you had people curating content that they weren't doing it for like monetary value, right? They were doing it out of the form of like service almost. Um, and then once that sort of interactions hey hey, you guys knew? Yeah. 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 Hi, I'm Valerie. Huh? Want to introduce yourself? Oh, um, my name is Johnny. Yeah. I'm Matthew. I'm Valerie. Where are you guys from? Bronx. Um, Brooklyn. Nice. Same. Nice. Welcome. Um, Thank you. Yeah. Just uh, we meet every Wednesday, 7:30. We have a WhatsApp group, so um, if you want to join that, find me or one of the people here. Um, we vote on topics that way, and that's just awesome to share show flyers and things. Um, I'll just rewind. Uh, the topic tonight is the role of inspiration and where and how it shapes our world. Uh, I, was just, I was just giving a little bit of background about how I used to frequent blogs and websites, you know, and how they are, those don't really exist as much or they're not as popular or they're not as updated as much because of maybe social media. Um, but it would be great maybe to start by hearing what some of you guys like tend to find a lot of that inspiration maybe outside of apps. This isn't really outside of apps, but this is more like in the internet world. But I, I just heard someone say this phrase once of um, like finding like a page or a website or something of like references and calling it um, like the people who make those are like tending to their gardens, like creating these little gardens of it's like you, you know, you're like pruning and planting and watering, like creating these like little worlds, and I don't know, just like that montage because even though they're like static images, like the way you put them into something can make them more loving, more dynamic. Yeah. So just like finding new yeah. gardens. I spot. like that, like nourishing something or growing something. Yeah. I think what you brought up, just about that specific time period, and maybe it's Tumblr. Um, I think about this a lot, maybe even before then, because I find myself like referencing books a lot more. Of course, everything's on the internet, and during that Tumblr phase, like everything was this static, but you couldn't search. You know, like everything was kind of um, there, but the searchability for images weren't there. Um, so I kind of always think about like if I'm in like a bookstore or a library, like is everything that I see there is that on the internet? 
because I still think that there's uncovered gems out there in books and all this cool stuff. Well, it's also like, it's like Google images, right? Like you can sit in front of the Google search bar. If you don't know what you're looking for, it's kind of hard to like wormhole. Yeah. Um, so sometimes blogs and things like that were nice because they were sort of feeding you things you may not know about. And then you can go and research and dive in and find like all that content is activated. I guess one of the one of the things just to come back is like, and this is a, so I thought I got this for the first time today. It's like, how much of those bookmarks and those images and those songs like actually make it into the thing that I call like my work, right? Like, is it actually inspiration, or is it something that I'm just deriving value from and like keeps me motivated and keeps me inspired, but maybe is not necessarily like a reference or a footnote. I have a question. So when you guys when you guys talk about inspiration, are you referring more to the why or the how? So like are we referring more to things that we like to use as references or more as like a reason? So like a use or why you're deciding to make something? I think it's both, right? It's it's like it could be the little, you know, sensitive, but also like yeah, the why or like what do you find that is inspiring to you or, or patterns that you think, you know, so yeah, maybe I ask back, like, what, what's your why? I think my why always stems from a place of deep feeling, so whatever I'm feeling at the time, usually it has to be something like pretty powerful or pretty, more often than not, it comes from a dark place. And I think that what I've been struggling with personally is having finally come out of that dark place and now not really having like that main source of inspiration. So it's like, I want to create, but it's hard to get there because I'm not in that same place of feeling as I was so used to before. I was gonna say that like, because um, we don't always have to get inspiration from references all the time. Like we can, or like we can use our own emotions as a reference or whatever. So, which, which she said, I felt completely. Yeah, that was something I think we talked about last week too, right? There's an argument going back and forth between like suffering and like, oh, yeah. art is about suffering and pain. And I definitely know, I know where you're coming from. You know, I feel like a lot of people's best work has been when they're sort of like in this and down in the dumps. I, I like the idea that like people don't really part of it. This isn't necessarily true, but like no, not a lot of people necessarily care for poetry unless they're going through heartache, you know, and then they're like, oh, I gotta read through all these poems to know that like someone else has once felt like me, you know, and then like once you're over that hump, you're like, I don't need poetry anymore. Um, which is, yeah, like how do you hold on to those feelings, you know, and like maybe it's that art, you know, like. Does art bind us to something like that? There's definitely like songs that I've listened to that if I play again will bring me back, you know, to those feelings in some way or another. So maybe like from a viewer, that's at least one of the meanings of art, right? Is to like take you out or back to some feeling. So do you think that it's more important or equally as important to create in that same Create in that same feeling or overcome that challenge as an artist or a writer, or just a creator, and get used to making something in a new place in your life. So yeah, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't perceive it as like necessarily a challenge because it's only like a, a symptom. Um, 
circling back to the main question is the role of inspiration, where and how does it shape our work? Well, like by definition, inspiration is like the process of being mentally stimulated to do or feel something. So, so it's like a, a motivation in, in, a, in a vehicle, so to speak. Um, another facet of it is it's like a drawing of breath of inhalation. So it like gives you life, literally. That's why artists and creatives need like a, how these impulses to be like, I need something fresh, I need something new, I need like that, that new breath. Um, but I think it all manifests very differently for all of us because we are tapping into something very like metaphysical and like hypersensitive. It's very like, as to put it like physically and emotions are super strong and they're constantly going. So yeah, one second you can be like inspired by this one thing and the next, you're just like, no, nah, I don't care about it anymore. Yeah. Um, I feel like, sorry. Um, I think it was like two or three weeks ago, we were kind of having this, whatever. Um, someone was saying that like, when you're not feeling those emotions, when you're not feeling like the darkness, you have to get out and like make something inspired. And, but you still want to create. And those moments is when you focus on skills, developing skills. Like, let me try hatching this way or like I don't know different things like that where like it's just more mechanical um so that when you do feel that nice bout of emotions that will come again you almost have a bigger vocabulary to express it yeah that's a very valid point that's really useful. that's also like a, a Warhol's philosophy he just says basically like do it again keep doing it yeah. do it do it yeah. again what about you guys back there how do you guys have some interesting places to find inspiration. Life, honestly. I try to find it everywhere. Like, everywhere I look, inspiration. Because especially in art, like drawing, let's just say drawing. I just try to consume, like, observe my environment, try to replicate it my way. Do you find that, like, the stuff that you're exposed to around you, like, makes its way out of you in some way, or, or is it like what we were saying before, where it's almost like you're like curating a vibe of imagery in which you like imagine yourself? Exactly, like I feel like I could see something one day, have a dream about it two days later, and get that inspiration out of nowhere. Yeah. I just try to carry that wave with me, honestly. But it, it's just like, it comes in and goes. I don't know where creativity comes from. It's like, you can't put them to words. It's just different ideas form in like a new way based on existing stuff. I don't know how it works, honestly. But yeah. It's just everywhere. I try to find it everywhere. I guess for me, like, the, the thing that, I, that I'm really butting up against now is like, I have like thousands of images and things that like, I'm so convinced in some way it's making its way into, into the things that I'm making or doing. And now that I'm realizing I'm like, hey, that's not actually happening. You know, maybe I'm creating context, right? Or a visual world that I like and I want to live in and things that I'm, I'm attracted to. I want to maybe make things that fit into that world as well. But yeah, I'm, I'm just for the first time ever like understanding or maybe trying to make a clarification between like a reference and, and inspiration. Because yeah. nothing is original, honestly, like inspiration, you're always building off of something, honestly. 
Yeah, I mean, it makes me think of like mood boards, you know, and maybe those mood bars or those images are just like songs, you know, that I listen to when I want to feel a certain way or look at the world a certain way. And the mood boards are a playlist, you know, that hold them. Anyone else? What about like, there's got to be some weird places you guys have found inspiration in. Finding it, I think, is one way. <laughs> I feel like there's almost two things that we're talking about, maybe even three. Time seems to be this thing that like comes through us, which is very much like this acceptance of these natural rhythms. And you were talking, you guys were talking about this like emotion that comes through you almost as this conduit. And then there's the method, which is what you're, you know, that has structure or maybe you don't have the inspiration, so then how do you practice it? That's the method, so you kind of keep doing things, or you have to brush your teeth throughout the same hand, or you know, if you're trying, yeah. like, whatever that is, there are ways, but it seems to be twofold, like the natural rhythm, that's the how, or what was the prompt? It almost seemed like two, twofold, the natural part and then the, the, the methodical part. Yeah, it's like a process, right? Like art and creativity maybe is a relationship or a mix of both, right? Happy chance and things that sort of appear to you as evidence. You know, like you're saying you derive inspiration from everything, but like you first have to be open enough enough and like observant enough to see the world in that way. Yeah. And then the second part is like, okay, what do I not what do I not do with that? You know, and um, yeah, just I think that I'm speaking for the people who, who will be listening to this in the future too. You know, other people like us. I, I feel like I've been, in, I've seen a lot of artists, and I've been the type of artist where someone could say, like, you know, that feels uninspired, right? Like, what does that mean to be uninspired? You know, so maybe someone finds himself in this place where skill and technique are their sort of tools and to be stuck in this place where they're making things and they're not sure why they're they're not forming an audience or not forming a dialogue and maybe don't know the tools you know to like oh I, I need to go look at something else I need to maybe step out of my comfort zone and find something um, that can like get me interested in doing that you know Zoe are one of the people who works at SB I believe today because she had a thesis to do, right? And, and she's really stressed out and it's this thing and it becomes like maybe there's a, another way to look at a, that amount of work, right? In a way where it feels like she's excited about it. She's excited about her thesis, so she's willing to stay until 6 a.m. to do it. I think that maybe that, that's part of the inspiration, right? Of finding that thing that's going to excite you to do something that you would never do or not spend as much time doing. Reading is one of those places. Um, just to show you how obscure, obscure I mean, like New York Times Magazine. You know, I, I, I made two bodies of work off of articles that I read in there that were like, you know, for me, I, I just was obsessed. I needed, I needed to like involve myself in this story that I read. Well, yeah, I think just staying curious about everything. Like, I was just, you know, letting YouTube play today while I was um, working on a video and like I heard this like Christian mystic talking to some random comedian about you know 
Thomas Aquinas or something. And I was like, and, and it was super inspiring to me, but that wasn't something I would have ever, you know, looked up. Um, and that led me down to like reading a whole bunch of, you know, other mystic, mystic texts, but then also relating it to like physics. And then, and all of that is going to end up in this animation I'm working on. And you can ask me about it, but I probably won't be able to tell you exactly how, you know, but just because I was like, interested in, there's like connections that are gonna be happening in my brain that like, I don't, I can't even like articulate, but they'll end up somewhere. Um, but yeah, I think it's just about like, staying curious and like following down the paths, different paths as much as you can. But then also you need to be able to like pull yourself back and also be productive because you could just be on Wikipedia for like hours and be like, well, I worked today because I researched, but then you know, you didn't make anything, so. Funny, like, yeah, same thing, Wikipedia and Google, right? There are huge databases of information. If only I knew what I was looking for. I get that same feeling by like standing in front of like a huge bookshelf and just like not knowing. Not even, you don't even get, Wikipedia is like a bookshelf with a curtain in front of it and you gotta like reach in and find what you're looking for. There's this, there's this video, this is, a, this is a really far out story. There's a, we're seeing this video game based off of this anime. Any of you guys remember Monster Rancher? I just aged myself. It was like this thing, like kind of after Pokemon, like the B version of Pokemon, and you would this you could like make these different like animals or monsters by like bringing different books or magazines to this machine. Sort of like that. So another, I'm gonna age myself again for like weird science. You guys see that movie where they like need to procure a bunch of things and like makes a perfect moment. But there was this video game version of this of this anime where you could take CDs. Yeah. No. no. Um, but you could take CDs. You take. You'd be playing the game. You go to the thing. You could take like Spice Girls, or you could take like like a Scholastic <laughs> book, or like Where in the World Is Carmen San Diego, and you could put it in it, and it would like somehow fumble out like some creature. And I, I'm just saying this because I feel like this is, that's how I see inspiration. You know, like you watching that video, someone else watching that might, video might derive something from that, but in a completely different direction. You know, like I remember I heard a story about an artist who was like calling like 1-800 psychics, you know, like recording their messages and, their, and turning that into art. And so it's like, there are all these like, amazing places that you can start to look for things and like just because someone else has maybe done it that doesn't mean that like it's going to affect you in the same way yeah honestly i feel like you have to think divergently instead of taking anything from different places and putting it together that's literally what you're trying to do right now so i try to practice that honestly Yeah, I mean, it also feels maybe limiting. I know some people who feel like we've reached a point in culture where everything, like you said, has been done, and it just feels like a regurgitation of something done before. I've seen a lot of head shaking. You guys feel like that today? I actually think this is like the beginning of a thought. Um, but I was thinking about 
when you were saying, like, oh, I don't know what I'm looking for, um, I've, I've noticed that, like, specifically on TikTok, my algorithm keeps showing me a lot of the same, you know, type of content, which is how the algorithm works, right? But then I think because of that and that type of algorithm that works in, like, other, you know, social media or whatever, like, we end up seeing the same things that will keep resonating with us. So we think everything has already been done and everything we've thought of has already been done because like our, you know, where we get our inspiration is just feeding us back what we're already thinking about. So we need a way to like be divergent and look at, you know, feeds that would not naturally come to us. Yeah, as a way of like uh, promoting confirmation bias. So like even like on Twitter feeds or, you know, certain ones I'll purposefully go into a direction, if I know I disagree with that, I'll poke around just because I want to be having my composition because it inspires me so, you know, sometimes. Wouldn't it be nice if you could edit your algorithm? <laughs> <laughs> That's just like life, right? Just like yeah well that's hard and I, I hear you like and you like being able to I mean having to look at images or things that you're not necessarily interested in just so that your algorithm doesn't think you're biased or you only want to like watch sports cards or something like Sounds like such a headache, but I, I get it. Yeah, but like feedback, feedback loops it. Yeah, I just had the same thing about books, like consuming books, reading more lately. And I've just had this like really basic thought, but I'm like, am I reading the books that are only confirming what I think I already know, whether it's artistry or coming of age or whatever it is? Should I be like, Purposefully, I think Neil deGrasse Tyson kind of had like a little thing in his. He's like, y'all, all my books in my, you know, my library are almost at all opposing thought. He's like, you know, dark, you know, troubling literature, really. And that also seems like strange, but I can see why. Yeah. You know, oh, sorry. Oh, I was going to say, I've never used it, but I've heard of. Um, People use like the fleet strategies is like a thing Brian Nino made. It's like a deck of cards with like a bunch of rules for uh, writer's block. Sounds like a little bit like the artist way. Is mm. that is? Yeah. Yeah. I, I looked into a relic school, like it took way too much time. Mm. Well, I mean, it's a, it's a process, but it's. Yeah, you want to explain it? The artist way is a book written by. Um, this woman, I forget her name. It's Julia Cameron. What's her name? Cameron, Julia. something Cameron. Cameron. Julia Cameron. Yeah, Julia Cameron. Um, and it's kind of like a, for lack of a better term, a self-help book, whereas um, each chapter she does, you do for the week, and within that chapter, um, there are assignments, and you meant to read and work on one chapter per week, and about 12 chapters, so it should be done in 12 weeks, but the underlying um, sort of activity is uh, what she calls uh, morning pages. So when you wake up in the morning, you're to write three pages, stream of consciousness. Nothing, have no agenda, don't ever read it again. 
Um, and, it, and that's kind of the foundation of what it is. And, and there's the other chapters go a little deeper into other things. But uh, it's gotten people, people sober. Um, and it's um, it was a book written to help people get beyond writer's block or any creative block. Um, yeah, I did it. I still do morning pages. I'd say four out of seven days a week. Um, but yeah, it's just it's really I, I recommend it. I guess one of the reasons I gravitate so much towards this topic is because I think that as a culture, a global culture, I'm speaking to you because. I feel like we're in that sort of feedback loop, you know, that that the world and all the people in it all know what it is that subconsciously we want to see on the internet or in the news or in media. So we all sort of are just regurgitating this same stuff back into it so that the attention just, you know, it's like monkey in the middle or not, I don't know, like, What's another phrase for that? Hungry uh, hippos? No, what's the thing you like go around in a circle? Telephones? Round robin. But yeah, and I just feel like, that's, and you know, one of the, this meeting got really exciting last week because we started talking about like cultural renaissance, you know, and, like what happens when people just get so fed up of like watching the Kardashians do something stupid. Like, I love the Kardashians. I think this stuff is funny, you know? It's good to have that sort of like escape from so serious and like art and highbrow. Um, but I just think that those are my, those are like my only two options. It's like, like does, does it even really matter what they got going on? Yeah, and it's like, how does that affect me? It's art in a way. Like if you look at it in a dumbed-down version, it's like it's an escape, right? It helps you like transcend whatever you're in and go somewhere else. And I think that we start to when the only two places are like highbrow and lowbrow, and then the third place is like lowbrow where you're looking at it like highbrow, or highbrow where you're looking at it like lowbrow. That's like it's tough, you know. And I just think that that it's all been like yeah, this is like. A, Technology has made things so easy and so accessible, right? Like the internet. Yet the amount of time that I spend on the internet, like really connecting with people that I, I miss or that I'm friends with, opposed to like the amount of time I spend looking at stuff or people that I don't know or I have nothing to do with, or really not even interested in, um, that screws with me, you know? And, and so, yeah, I guess that comes back to like the inspiration. And, and if, if that's how I feel, then like, it's no wonder like that's how I feel about what I what it, what it is that I'm making, right? Because the things that I'm deriving value from, I don't, I'm not really even interested in. That's the thing, like there's so much content. There's so much information. You were saying this about the Wikipedia earlier, but it's just, it's hard to, sometimes it feels like there isn't anything of quality going on around. Because the stuff that's, really good quality doesn't have as good of a PR team or something like that and it just gets like that's on one hand on the other hand it's so much easier now than ever to make a living an artist but it means that you have to film your process and put it on TikTok or something like that you know like there's just so much information and it's really 
easy because the the algorithms are designed to like really speak to our monkey brains. So they like know how to kind of keep you dopaminely hooked versus because they don't want to show you something that moves you so much that you get off the app and don't think about it. They want you to like see something and then want a little bit more and then want a little bit more and then want a little bit more. And it's endless. And it's endless. So it's not like yeah, sometimes I feel like I'm like, oh yeah, I'm like looking at all these wonderful paintings and I've saved all these like cool references and stuff. Like do I ever use them? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well that's where I, I think the artist way, something like that is super important because what I got that got from the artist way the most, and honestly, like I didn't finish it, um, but I did a good eight weeks, and I think what I got from it was, uh, you know, centering yourself in the morning and like time for contemplation, and it doesn't have to come from that method. Um, there's a lot of you know different spiritual paths you can take, or even just like sitting and breathing for an extended period of time, but it really like figuring out what is happening inside your mind so that you don't um you don't let yourself kind of you know just fall into the dopamine trap um and you can just have, you can like think about what what do i want to learn about today versus like seeing all the same stuff and i don't know what would be different um, i think like um piggyback of what you're saying is, is you can't say i want to create something great today right um, any of the, the great songs that were written, where did they come from, right? They are also, when we are able to quiet our mind um, through meditation or writing uh, through the artist way, stream of consciousness, the idea is to get yourself out of your way. Um, you can't say, I want to make a great painting today, I'm making a great painting today. Um, and to get yourself out of the way and paint or write or whatever your art is. Um, you know, a lot of the things that I've done, not necessarily in the fine arts, but it, it have been where just a thought came in, came in my head, I don't know why, um, or, or a phone call, a phone call to me, or a phone call to somebody. It's just things that were way beyond anything that I uh, was able to manufacture on my own, um, which is humbling, and then, and, it, when I'm able to, to be humble about it and to know that it's not just me, but that I'm a vehicle for it, um, it happens over again. And so, when it comes to evolution, so that where people get inspiration or put things into your, you know, categorize, file them, or will I ever use them? Yes. Um, it doesn't have to be directly, but you consume it, it's in your brain, and um, it will somehow come out, and some people will be influenced by it eventually. So, anyone here, like, anyone go to the library to get books? I know I was married to a painter, and she used to go to um, flea markets and buy old medical textbooks, but there's no way you find them, and they're beautiful in and of themselves, but logic. But um, but you're not finding that on you can't Google that on the internet, you're not gonna find it. Um, but there's just other resources that are beyond the internet that um, are pretty could be inspired Books seem to be coming up a lot. I wanted to say that 
about this whole TikTok thing that it's so funny because you like me personally I go on TikTok and I see things that do inspire me and it like it inspires you to do something but like because you know most of the videos are all like really short it's like I kind of feel like I want what I'm gonna do or make like I expect it to be done in a short amount of time to get that like satisfaction that you get from watching a TikTok, watching it, the whole process be done like this. But then yeah. like when you try to and execute it yourself, yeah, it's like it's way longer. That kind of like stresses. <laughs> yeah, well, it's like our attention spans, right? Yeah. I think that's like yeah. I think ADD is a big thing, <laughs> really big thing, and not being trusted. Yeah, I can I can relate to that, you know. Like the amount of work that it takes to do something. And like if you don't if you don't if you're not really in it, yeah. You're just like whatever. It's like or you half ass it. Yeah. yeah. But I think that's where the inspiration comes in when you're struggling. It's that inspiration that keeps you going. To yeah. finish it and to keep going because when you start creating you need that patience. And you need to keep trying and trying. Like when I wanted to get into sewing, I thought it was just gonna be so fast. And I was like, I'm just, cause you see the videos, you just go through it, you do it, and it's done. I'm like, that doesn't look so hard. And then when I try, I'm like, damn, this is hard. Like you have to keep it straight. And like, it's a process that you have to keep going. I didn't get it on the first day. I didn't get it on the second, but as the days kept going, I, w I was just proud of myself for even just trying. And that's where the inspiration kicked in. Like for me, my inspiration was my grandma because in her community, she makes clothes for them. And that's something that she does every day. And yeah, I think that's where the inspo comes in. That kind of brings me to my next question, which is how, how you end up feeling about yourself when you go through these long drive spells where you're not creating anything at all like you have major artist block or creators block um, for example if you're a painter or you like to draw or whatever case may be can you still consider yourself an artist are you allowed to still consider yourself an artist if you go a year or a year and a half without creating anything like if you're if you're into comedy and you go up on stage a couple times in a year and then you go like a year or two without performing, can you still consider yourself a comic even though you're super passionate about it, but you've gone through that dry spell? How do you get yourself out of that mentality where you're kind of like doubting yourself? Really good question. I think it just takes diligence. Like you have to be willing to put in the work and basically treat it like almost like it's a job. Like when you're not inspired and you kind of push through that and you kind of do that with some sort of routine, I think that's important because like the reality of it is you're not gonna always feel super inspired. But I think that if you just force yourself to do it, like anything else that's worth doing, it's it's worth it. Um, you know, that's just my perspective. Um, I personally think we're inspired by like everything around us. Like I think that you might be thinking about something when you're making, but the reality of it is like you're really just thinking about it's all it's all these other things that are influencing you subconsciously just as much as that one thing. Um, and 
Yeah, I just think you just got to treat it like it's like it's done work and to serve your own level. So, do you consider yourself? Um, could you consider it something constant? That's like it has to be a constant process in order for you to consider yourself one thing, or it's just something that's within you and you just have it, and it's always going to be there. So you can always consider yourself an artist or a writer or a comic. Yeah, artistry is the act of it's a way of being. It's an act. So you're calling yourself a, com a, a comedian or a painter, but when it's when it's in you, it's a way of being. So it kind of flows through you. You could be a comic and a painter and a writer and a musician. So that doesn't, you know, um, I think those are just the little that get attached to being an artist. But if you have an artistic mindset, it's just kind of keep on it. You are it. Yeah. It's, it's sometimes healthy to take breaks, like you said, a year or two. Can you consider yourself still an artist? It's actually healthy sometimes to take a year or two off. Like Dave Chappelle didn't do stand up for what, like 10 years? And he came back and he's killing it. Like, it could be healthy for you to like take a year off sometimes and experience life to come back to your work. Well, it's like everyone's an actor. I think it all depends on the person that you are because you can do one stand-up show and consider yourself a comic you know um, if you ever seen the movie that came with comedy the guy never had a show or anything but he would do these shows in his basement with cardboards or whatever and he had this like thought that he was a, a comedian and everything, and that's just the way he thought of himself, and people didn't consider him like funny or whatever. And then he pulls off this, I'm not going to spoil it, but, you know, it's just, yeah, it's, it's all about how you consider um, yourself as an artist. If you believe you're an artist, you're an artist. You know, I think that's an art in itself is having that mindset, because it's not something really that it's, you're, you know, it's, it really depends on the person you are. That's the, the whole thing, what I'm trying to say. It's also like a gift and a curse, I feel like. Like I I personally have tried to not make things for the past few years, like not make painting, not do like not pursue a career in the arts, you know, and think like outside of the traditional arts. Um, but like this funny thing happens whenever I go to like family dinners or meet other people and they ask me, What do you do? And I'm like, well, you know, like build stuff, I like work on apps, and I have this non-profit, and then my girlfriend's like, you're an artist, just say you're an artist, so weird. And it's like, I, I want to like ditch that that title, you know, like, yeah, like I still look at the world in a way, and like, I still am, like, I like looking at painting, and like, yeah, I know how to paint, and like, maybe I don't, but I, I think I do, but I can't really like get rid of that thing, you know, it's just like, yeah, I'm an artist. A bunch of other things underneath that, though, but like, I think it's different if, I mean, yeah, if you can paint, right? If you don't have to paint for 50 years, you're still kind of a painter. If you want, yeah, depending on who you are. Not my favorite thing, not to take up too much time, this is just, just came in. I used to live in a, like a fishing town, like very blue collar. It was back when I used to drink, and I would go to the bar, and like there would be like these old like guys. And, what do you do? And I'm like, I'm a painter. 
and they're like, sick, like, what company do you work for? Like, I'm <laughs> freelance. And I would just, for those, like, few seconds, I would just be like, yeah, like, you know, I just work out. I just work solo. Um, and it was just, like, great, you know, because I would just, like, be able to not attach all of that other stuff. And it's just, like, I'm a craftsman of some sort. Can you hold on for a brief, like, the critics in the way, so is it? Or, like, the asking, like, more questions. Like, sometimes you can save you one thing. And if you're not associated with another, or like the more questions that come at it, you're more afraid of like stating that or being upheld to that standard, whatever they say you were. I think there was just less of a there's less stigma around it, you know. Like that guy's not. If I say like I'm working for like John Smith, you know, and guys like cool. How much does it pay? Like you got any good jobs? Like, if I explain to the guy that like I turn this shit into money. They're gonna be like, what? Like, you know, and like, that, that that's just gonna get perceived in a way that like, I'm not talk about. Or not even the money part, just like, yeah, I like make paintings and I show them in a gallery in the city. Like it just feels a little bit I don't know, I don't wanna I don't wanna carry that. Yeah, pretentious or and I'm and I went to art school, you know, I'm 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 willing to wear that gold star, you know, and be the pretentious guy. But um for it is nice to like not have to identify as an artist. You know, it's like, you're, it's not pretentious if that is what you are, right? Like, yeah, I feel like sometimes it's like limiting. Like I, I, I sense this a lot in my friends who are models. They're like, I hate telling people that I'm a model because I'm an artist. I also paint and write and do all these things. But like the only thing people care about is like the flashiest one of those things, and it just feels limiting. It feels like. Yeah, and I was like talking to this like real old dude the other day. He's like, what do you do? And I was like, I'm an artist. What kind of art do you make? I write, I paint, I draw, sculpt. He's like, but which one do you do? And I was like, all of them. He's like, no, are you a writer who paints or are you a painter who writes? And I was like, that's whoa. But like, but like, he's like a really successful guy. And I was like thinking about the fact that like, that mindset was so prevalent for a long enough time for him to like, really live in that. And so that's like the, the, the remnants of that are still felt, and I yeah, think maybe that's where a lot of our like feelings are falling, falling off now. You're falling off, yeah, but we're still coming from that world, you know. So it's like it's like identity is such an interesting thing. It reminded me maybe of the the, um, the first time I came here was the Paul Conti kind of. Uh, Discussion and he was talking about like these linear paths. Generative drive. Right. Generative drive, but um, what you guys are talking about, about how you interact with other people and how they're kind of like, well, what do you do? Because they're trying to make sense in this linear way. And Paul Conti was like, oh, people measure like going to school to be a doctor or a lawyer and that there's these linear paths and you take this step and then you take this course and you get this thing. But being an artist is completely uh, not that. It's fluid, it's upside down. There's not like, there's not a common like thread or this talking point amongst people. They don't have the vocabulary to really, um, I don't know, assign a value to it. Maybe that's why it's the yeah, maybe that's why in that moment too, I was like rather be a house painter because they just understood. Exactly. I didn't have to give them context. I feel like ironically what ends up holding a lot of people back is just that added pressure. Once you say you're an artist, people just expect you to constantly push stuff out and create and for it to be good to their standing. 
And sometimes that just ends up holding people back because now you have all of these expectations on you. Like, oh shit, I have to create this much in this amount of time. It has to look this good. I just, that's a lot. I don't know. It's not about that. I would argue though that actually, well, okay, I have a few things to say to your original question. Like, first of all, I think that you think people care more than they do. Like, um, I, I remember when I first got out of school, I just told everyone, I was like, yeah, I'm an animator, and like that's what I do professionally, which is like not true. Not what I went to school for. I just like did watch a few YouTube tutorials, and then people started giving me jobs for being an animator. And I was like, okay, I guess. And I, I, I don't feel. I still do not feel like, like I get the imposter syndrome, you know, because I'm like I didn't. I don't don't really. I'm not that good compared to a lot of other professionals. But people just took what I told them at face value, because like they don't have a reason not to. You know what I mean? So, A, you can be whatever you tell people you are. But um, I think also with like, I also want to kind of counteract that and say we can, we don't have to always identify ourselves, you know? We don't have to give ourselves labels because sometimes we're artists and sometimes we're not. And like, I feel like there's, going back to, you know, inspiration and having diversity of thought, like anytime I decide I'm one thing, then suddenly I get drawn into the opposite, right? And then I have this existential crisis of being like, you know, why am I listening to punk, punk music when I was a Taylor Swift fan yesterday? Um, and then it's like, maybe I can do all of the things, you know, and not everything at once. But like, in the times you're not making art, you're not doing nothing, you're doing something. And it's still just as valid as like, whatever product you're making, so. Yeah, to add to your point on mentioning that people or like I would probably care think that or assume that people care more than they actually do. That's a good point because there's this one quote that I will never forget. I don't remember where I got it from though, for whatever reason. I feel like I got it from a George Wilkins episode when I was like eight. But somebody said that different people like different forms of art and that was actually more geared towards somebody feeling ugly and down about themselves they're like oh you know not enough people think i'm hot or whatever and then that person said that and that kind of opened up a new world to me because there are for example there are a couple paintings that i've made that i hate but for whatever reason most people that see all of my paintings gravitate towards the ones that i cannot stand and they end up loving those for whatever reason. And then the more that I look at them, the more I'm like, mm, okay, I'm starting to see what people, other people are seeing. So it's stuff like that that I feel like is also inspirational. You can kind of tap into new ideas or new skills and just work on that. I like the idea of what you're saying about Taylor Swift and the punk show. I feel like one of the good things that come out of the internet or social media is that our exposure to things, you know, that again, like the curation might not necessarily know about. I, I often think about the word creator in our creative. Um, like Conti was saying, generative drive, you know, I don't have it, some might have more of it than others. Um, but I, I think, you know, back to the sort of the cultural renaissance thing that we were talking about last week, that I think one of the, the foundation building blocks that that idea is built off of is that like we all individually in some way or another are like, contributing to culture or in some way are creative and I think like as tools become more accessible to us um, 
we maybe have more influence over that, that round robin scenario, right? I think that um, I think about someone much older than me who, who grew up in New York and would tell me that, you know, there was a time where it was like embarrassing to say you were an artist. You know, like people would look at you as like a tryhard or like, you know, it was more about like trying to do things under and like not considering an art. And, and I think we went to the opposite of that, you know, I think about like in the 90s, like Kurt Cobain, you know, and like, and like grunge and how, how that influenced mainstream, every kid wanted to be in a band, you know, and I look at art, maybe not right now, but like maybe four years ago, it was really popular, you know, but then, you know, if you look on social media, you look on the internet, you see like all these amazing artists. I always talk about this, it's, it's something that I think is really relevant. There are like a lot of artists on there who are like craftsmen, who are like really good at doing something over and over and over again. That they built a following, they probably make a couple thousand dollars a month selling them, and like they'll never have a museum show, or they'll never be in a blue chip gallery, and like that's okay with them. Um, they don't even know about that world, maybe. And I, I'm just, I'm really fascinated with the idea that we all become forms of that. Right, all, whether whether or not we're singing and we're making paintings and we're writing books and we're filming videos, I think that like we have enough exposure that we start to lose maybe some of those those titles. And I think that's where maybe some of this shift comes from, where like one person isn't just well known on Spotify for doing something. There's an insane article that like changed my the way I think about art and kind of the internet and I'm gonna I'm gonna read something from it because I'll, I'll fuck it up but it's an 032c um, article it's like a fashion magazine publication and it's called the big flat now and the big flat now is basically an analogy of what the internet has done to our minds and that it's big and flat now so I'll just read it quick. Excerpt. Cultural production in the third millennium is totally flat. The information we make and share travels through media that lack hierarchy or centrality. There is no principal authority, no recognized arbiter, and no centralized archive. There is no perspective, no yesterday, no tomorrow. Flatness has neither a limit nor a horizon. It has permanently changed our relationship with time and space as a contemporary metaphor Flatness describes how the invention of the internet has restructured global society. And I feel like in a lot of ways, maybe you were touching on that. Um, and just, I think, for some of like what the internet has done, um, first we can occupy like many spaces through the internet and trends and being artists. Um, but I just thought it was an interesting point to kind of like describe what's happened because of the internet. It's really just flattened how people receive information and it comes from so many different angles, which also then can, you can be inspired by so many different things as well. Kind of fuck with that though. It's kind of disruptive and it creates a new mold from what we're used to. Like, what would you get your information from? The, the tube, the TV? Right. Where would you get your media from? It at least gives us the opportunity to be the media for a change. Totally. You can even think back to like growing up, you know, these big kind of, there might be three TV or three like um, 
TV stations. So everyone's kind of watching the same shit. It's the same news, same right. pitch. So everyone kind of has the same stories to tell. Yeah. Now you don't have that. Now there's just these, these huge, massive, like, niche groups. Right. And the internet did that. So it's kind of weird. It's decentralized. Yeah. Which is kind of cool. It just comes down to the individual. It's just a, ref it's a mirror. It's just a reflection of yourself. So many people have issues with social media. The issue is themselves. They're not healing or looking at themselves as the instigator or the cause of their feeling alone or disparity or have an issue with social media. Social media is not doing anything to you. Yeah. It's your perspective towards it. Right. I think to um, speak to the original topic, like everything is very personal. And I think we're all coming to the conclusion that, like you said, it's centered and everybody bases things off how they relate it to their life. So, like, for me, inspiration is extremely selfish. So it's like I can't really draw inspiration or draw feelings from things that don't really have anything to do with me. So it's like, I really like mafia movies, you know? My uncle was half Sicilian, so it's like, it's kind of an attribute to me. But then I like anime. Mafia stuff and anime is two different kind of like topics but they can exist in the same space as a person i feel like like you said with titles a lot of times people just want to label you as one thing and like i mean music so you're a musician and if you're a musician you maybe don't branch out into like other fields of like mediums and, and perspectives but like as people we live many different lives so it's like you were a reflection of that. So with social media, I've had my quarrels with social media. I spent like six years on social media because I just didn't care about what every, anybody was posting that was focused on me. So that's my little share out there. Yeah. Everybody else. Um, I think that as like the current generation, I think we've all been desensitized to social media and we can see um, yeah, we consume so much media that we've just grown this this layer of like I guess thick skin that we see something okay we move on to the next we might like it we might we might take the extra step to see like what it may consist of or what's the background behind it but that's just that's how we are now since we've consumed so much at this point and we're only gonna consume even more with how fast things are moving but I also think it's like it's a communal thing because um, as Lucian said. When he explained to the, the, the in this town that oh um I think it was painter right um they assumed it was uh like he was doing houses and stuff but that's because that's what they know it's a communal thing in that sense that they just believe they they associated with what they know and it's like if you try to branch them out of it they might like depending on who they are they might consider it and like conceive it or whatever but it's like then again it's a personal thing. As you were saying, the titles, I think, there's so much titles and labels now that you can say, oh, um, I'm a musician. What type of musician are you? What music do you make? Are you a producer, um, engineer, whatever? There's so much layers behind it that uh, we just, it's just too much going on. And I think that's where a lot of the pressure comes from because it's like so much, people are doing so much so fast. And it's like, I think that's why we as artists 
may see conflict within the word artist itself, but it depends on the person you want and what label you want to give yourself. It's like, yeah, you can make up, say you do this and that, and you've only done it one time. Then you can also be against that because of the, the type of morals and ethics you hold. So it's it's all personal, really, but I think as time moves, we have to evolve past that, but that's only going to come up time, so, yeah. I time, I think, is really like relevant to what you shared as well of EFN. I think like now, right, everything is just happening now. And to go back to watching the TikTok, you know, 15 seconds of like wanting reality to mimic that same spectacle. You know, I think that with the attention span thing, with the ADHD thing, like the sad thing is that I feel like amazing art and amazing films and amazing fashion shows and projects are happening all around us, but they it's they get like that 15 minutes in the thing and then it's gone, you know? And, and I think that like literature and painting and all of these mediums used to have so much more time and be so much more culturally relevant, right? Like Jackson Pollock or Mozart, you know, like they're, they had moments, right? And, and now I feel like a singular fashion show or a singular work of art or a singular song or even album. Maybe album is the closest thing that can really like captivate or capture an audience for a whole summer. You know, but outside of that, it seems very fleeting. So maybe like one of the things that I would urge you to take a look at also is like your practice, right? And looking at your practice, not just from the object or the product or the thing that you produce, but it as a story, right? I feel like that is the thing that as creatives that we have now, because it's like there's the product, but then there's this brand, right? There's this idea, there's this thing that is continually moving through time and maybe producing things, of uh, artifacts or elements that it can leave behind to show it was here, I was here, but maybe it is more important now about the author, you know, about the artist because the product of the things that we're making and consuming are just so readily spent out there. Um, but yeah, I think we're ready to read the society spectacle. It's something that I read in school that I constantly pay attention to, um, but I wanted to learn more about it again. I think it's really relevant to this conversation. Um, would you guys be interested if I printed out like a bunch of them and like just going around and like literally reading it? Because it's probably easier than assigning homework and talking about something that's likely to go Yeah. Okay. So maybe next meeting we'll I'll print a bunch out and we'll just read like a couple lines each and then discuss. But I, I think it's important. It talks a lot about how like the imagery and movies and film and fashion and things are just like made to like keep this spectacle and the capitalism going, you know, and like how do we disseminate between like, are we just feeding more images for the spectacle? Are we creating things that are disrupting that um, pattern? But yeah, great meeting guys, thank you.